0: yo this is sam sports podcast it is friday january 19th 2018 okay i'm back i'm here uh i'm sure you've been hearing a lot of me with shaka talking some football but I-, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about two weeks ago that i'm switching up the format a little bit here i am now officially focusing on the philadelphia eagles football team and the philadelphia 76ers basketball team and i got to be honest i got to i got to gear myself up for the fact that football season's ending and listen I'm predicting the Eagles to win this NFC Championship game on Sunday. I'm predicting them to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know who they're playing, whether it's going to be the Jags or the Pats, but listen, I'm very optimistic about this Eagles team, especially after seeing their defense play the way it did uh, this past Sunday on Divisional Weekend, but that's not the point here. The point here, football season's going to be ending soon, whether we like it or not, and i got to shift gears. I'm now focusing on basketball season, because basketball season's here to stay until at least June. Now, whether the Sixers will be there in June, Probably not. Hopefully the Sixers will make the playoffs. June is for the teams that go to the finals. Um, You know, we'll see. But until then, there's going to be a lot of NBA going on and I'm going to be shifting my focus considerably to this Philadelphia 76ers. So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Um, I want to get into it. I want to have a recap. I want to jump into the Sixers and what I've seen so far because I haven't talked a lot about basketball this season, but I have been watching and I have been sticking with this Sixers team. There's a lot to be optimistic about. So let's Let's start with the most exciting news that there is right now. Joel Embiid is an all-star. In his second year in the, in the league, you know, there was a lot of speculation. Can he actually stick it out? He's been resting a lot this season. Um, but they've also kept him in there a little bit more than people were expecting. You know, I think there was a sense that they would keep him on minutes restrictions. Yo, after that triple overtime game against the Thunder, I think minutes restrictions are a little bit out the window, okay? Now, he has rested on a few back-to-backs, but the reality is, He's played enough games to be considered for the all-star team and the fans voted him in as a starter. Now I think there's some, there's always speculation about snubs. There's a feeling that Porzingis should be the starter over Embiid. I don't care what the hell you think out there. Embiid has been an absolute force. Let's discuss what he's done on the court this year for the Sixers. All right. He's leading the team in almost every statistical cat. Well, not everything, but I mean the Sixers rise and fall with him on the floor and off the floor when he's not in the game This is a totally different Sixers team. When he's not playing in a game, this is a totally different Sixers team. When he is on the floor, he's a monster, okay? Let's talk about this game last night against the Boston Celtics. Kyrie Irving didn't play. Now, I think, I I hate to say it, but that plays a lot into whether or not this team is able to actually come out with a victory. But whether or not Irving was on the floor Embiid was a force. I mean, he was abusing Aaron Baines down low. The fact that Embiid has a three-point shot, is able to handle the ball, is now getting to a point where he can back guys down and just to essentially do a turnaround jump shot over them, and he can punish guys in the paint, and he's getting rebounds. I mean... Listen, I th- I I, w- I will tell you that I was one of those, you know, skeptics who was sitting there saying, "Whoa, you know, did he really deserve 100 million dollars after only playing 30 games and, you know, missing the first 2 years of his career?" Well, I'm fucking eating my words, man, because he is an absolute force. And I- I'm happy he's on the team. I'm looking forward to seeing him progress. Um he it- deserves all the accolades and the money and the All-Star game uh you know starting slot. Let's talk a little bit about Ben Simmons though. So Ben Simmons, this is now formally his rookie year. Uh I think he's going to win rookie of the year. I don't think that's a that's I mean I think that's a bit of a given. There's a few other guys, Jason Tatum, uh that you could really say are also in there. Donovan Mitchell's been making a hell of a case, but I mean Ben Simmons is dropping triple doubles. Ben Simmons is able to handle the ball. I mean, it's really magical how you see him go to the hoop sometimes, and it almost looks like he's just sort of jaunting, like like slowly just sort of jogging to the hoop, and then you realize he just took two large steps, and he's already at the hoop. He's got such long legs, such long arms. I mean, the wingspan on Ben Simmons is magical, but we have to talk about some of the downsides with Ben Simmons. His shot. This guy cannot shoot. I mean, he cannot shoot. You're seeing it is now becoming commonplace to do a hack of Ben Simmons, where you get a team in the final uh, five minutes of the game or five minutes of the half just hacking him, getting him to the free throw line because he's that bad a shooter. And I'm not just talking free throw shooting. I'm talking shooting across the board. The only time, I mean, he's like a center the way he shoots. He only takes high percentage shots close to the hoop like he's a seven foot center because that's all he knows how to do. You see him take a jump shot it's one of the most awkward things you'll see. I mean, probably more awkward than Markel Fultz, and we're going to get to that in this podcast as well. But Ben Simmons' inability to shoot the ball really does limit how the defenses play on him because you know he's not looking for a shot. You know he's eternally looking for a pass unless he sees an open lane and then he goes right to the hoop. And and he doesn't do it all the time, but when he sees opportunity, he will go to the hoop and he will try to punish you with his physicality But the fact that he can't take a shot outside the paint is something to be considered. Because then you know when he's out there, you know he can't shoot it. He's always looking to pass it. So you start to clamp down on the defense with him or let him take the shot and you realize he's really out. That becomes very apparent when Embiid doesn't play. When there's a game where Ben Simmons essentially is the most uh, is the best player on the team, you know, right there with JJ Redick and Covington, you realize that they lack playmakers. Ben Simmons is not that much of a playmaker as we'd like to think he is. He's a hell of a passer. He reads the floor so well. I mean, his passing ability is pretty magical and I'm only ex- I'm only expecting it to get better, but he still isn't that much of a playmaker. Like, I'm going to just come right out and say it. Guys like Jared Bayless have been more of a playmaker on this team uh, than uh, than Ben Simmons. Guys like, you know, I'd, I'd hate to say, but Trevor Booker sometimes is almost a little bit more of a playmaker with his physicality. Even Justin Anderson, we saw him come back for the first time in weeks or months uh, to play against this Celtics team, and he brings that physicality down low that's really exciting to see. But you do find yourself sitting here saying the only playmakers on the team are guys like Bayless, TJ McConnell, and Embiid. Embiid is an absolute playmaker because, you know, that game where they went triple overtime against the Thunder, you know, they were just feeding it to Embiid all game. All game, just feeding it to Embiid. They get to overtime, they just gave it to Embiid. Like, the whole game plan was just give it to Embiid and get the hell out of the way. And, as so- and if you remember, I'm just going to throw this out there, the last play of that game when the Sixers lost... Was the first time Brett Brown did not have the ball go to Embiid. They actually drew up a play for JJ Reddick and he missed the three-pointer, and that was the end of the game. Um let's let's okay, so I've talked a little bit about Ben Simmons because it's exciting to see his talent, and I think his talent is going to put him in a situation where he's probably going to win rookie of the year. But again, this is a lot of empty stats right now. His The flaws in his game, or at least the weaknesses right now, because he's a young guy. He's still got a lot of time to grow and expand. These are the things that you can exploit, and these are the things that are also going to put the Sixers in a position where they're blowing leads in the third quarter. And if you'll notice, the Sixers are pretty good at blowing leads in the third quarter. I'm, I'm, not, I'm almost there. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I want to keep going through the roster because there are other players on this roster that I'm getting very, very excited about. So, J.J. Redick. I know they're they're paying him $23 million, but he's been fantastic. He's been everything you want him to be. He's a veteran on the team. He makes gigantic three-point shots. And for a team that is actually kind of sort of struggling to find shooters at times, you know, I mean, Bayless and TJ McConnell and Covington, these are the guys who make the shots because without Ben Simmons shooting the ball, JJ Redick is a huge shooter to have on the floor. And, you know, Covington is a hell of a three-point shooter. But he's not as deadly a spot-up shooter as J.J. Redick is. You know, when, again, when Embiid's not on the floor and you start to look to starters like Simmons and Covington to make plays and hit shots, Covington's not as solid at hitting that three-point shot as J.J. Redick is. Now, I think he's a little better defensively. I think Covington is a hell of a defensive player, Uh, you know, certainly earning his money in that capacity. Uh, Covington's been healthy all year as well. Um, But, I mean, you know, Redick has really done everything that they've wanted him to do, and he is a value to this team right now. I love how they're using him, and I love he's uh, the way he's fit into this rotation. And Covington, I like Covington. Um, I think for what he's getting paid, for the, for the role he's playing on this team, I think he's just fine. They might need to trade him in a year or two to kind of upgrade or sort of do a little bit more, but really... You know, if they want to get someone who's Covington but a little bit better, but the truth is, they need a guy like that. They need a three and D guy like Covington, and he also sort of fits into the mold of what this league is right now. And uh, you know, I think the price, the money they gave him, kind of got him in at a nice price. So I, I like Covington. I like where he's been fitting. Um, but I don't know if I like him as much as, as Redick. I really I would really like to see the Sixers hang on to Redick next year. I know he's on a one-year deal, but I think it would behoove them to try to keep him. Um, now, the McC- T.J. McConnell, Jared Bayless. Uh, so, uh, listen, I've seen Jared Bayless play. I was a little skeptical after he sat out most of last year with this wrist injury, but he's played some serious minutes this year. And as I was saying, he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker and he's a shooter. And at times when this team surprisingly lacks shooting and surprisingly lacks playmakers, Bayless is playing great minutes. He's playing good defense. I mean, last night against that Celtics team, when Simmons was on the bench and McConnell was running the point and Bayless was running the shooting guard, they're pretty good. McConnell is probably better than Ben Simmons at running the point for this team right now he's more of a facilitator um, I don't think he's as good a passer but he just he's worked with these players longer he understands how to get penetration how to draw double teams and how to open up and make plays for the rest of his teammates which is I think what you want from a point guard Ben Simmons has not honed that skill as well as TJ McConnell yet it sounds crazy to say that that McConnell's probably a better point guard than Ben Simmons is right now but I mean For a team that wants to win, as opposed to just getting empty stats, I think McConnell's a little bit of a better fit. And I thought the—I'd like to take a look at the stats and see what the plus-minus was with McConnell on the floor versus Simmons. Um, But, I mean, just really impressive to see what McConnell does for this team and what uh, Bayless does for this team. I really do think that they've added a lot. However, you know, I think it's appropriate that they come off the bench. You know, I still think it's appropriate that you want to have— Covington and Reddick and Simmons be your front court, or excuse me, your back court uh, when you start out the game. Now, somebody I haven't really touched on is Dario Saric. He's been fantastic. I love Dario Saric. Now, he's got more growth. He's still got to get a little bit better. But I mean, this is a guy who will take huge three point shots. This is a guy who will sacrifice his body. This is a guy who is getting better every game, who fits in defensively, who's a big body that can shoot the three. I mean, I really like what Saric has brought to this team. I think he's a guy that's going to fit in for the long haul. I think that, you know, as we see Simmons and Embiid explode as these powerhouses, it's going to become even more apparent that guys like Covington and Saric are essential. Saric just brings a physicality, and well, not as much as Booker and, and Anderson, but I mean, he brings a physicality and a defensive play down low that I think takes some pressure off Embiid and really also helps the team when you're looking for outside shooting. When you're sitting there realizing Simmons can't shoot the ball from outside, a guy like Saric can be very, very deadly. So I really like what he's been doing this year, and I really am excited to see him grow. Now to the physical guys. So um, I've mentioned this already. Trevor Booker and um, Justin Anderson. They're kind of the thick you know, muscular, physical guys that are really mucking it up down low. Now, Justin Anderson has sat out most of the year with, I think he's got this ankle injury. i got to take a look. I don't know what the hell he's been going on with him. But, uh, you know, he's a physical guy that I think brings something to the team. I'm curious if he'll be on the roster next year. I mean, he probably will be because behind the scenes, he and Joel Embiid are thick as thieves. And let me tell you something. I know this is still a business, but in the long run, if you if you can afford an extra roster spot and you've got the cap room, Keep a guy like Justin Anderson just to keep Joel Embiid happy. Even if he doesn't bring a lot to the table on the court, he can bring a lot to the table in the locker room. Trevor Booker, that I think has worked out pretty well. You were able to get rid of Stauskas and Okafor, who really weren't doing anything. I mean, I like Stauskas, but essentially with the arrival of all these other players... He's no longer got any – you can't – there's not enough minutes to go around. With J.J. Redick and, and Simmons and, you know, Bayless coming in, I mean, there's no more minutes for a guy like Stauskis. And listen, the Nets are happy to have him. He's a scoring guy off the bench. That's what he's going to do. There's always going to be a role for him in this league. Okafor was just rotting. He was just rotting away on the bench. He didn't fit with this team. He didn't fit with what they were doing. They needed to offload him somehow. And honestly – I mean, I don't really think they got what he was worth. I think Okafor is going to slow... I think he will find a way to, to have a home in this league. But I like Trevor Booker. I, you know, I've always kind of liked Trevor Booker. I didn't really know how he was going to benefit on this team. But again, physicality. He's a, he's a physical guy. He's a rebounder. He can shoot. You know, he brings a veteran tenacity to this team that they have not had in years past. Bringing guys in like Trevor Booker, J.J. Redick. I mean, this really adds something to the team not just being a a well performing team but a team that can honestly go to the playoffs cuz they're 21 and 20 right now and this is a team that you've got to say listen they could ble- they could be in this playoff mix maybe they could at least get in at the 8th seed i don't think that's a ridiculous thing to say um now thinking about physicality Amir Johnson i think Amir Johnson has done nicely on this team but i am sort of sitting here saying is he someone to bring back next year? He's a physical body. He's going to, you know, definitely give a, a little bit of a, a breather for Embiid and Saric at times. But in some regard, you know, Trevor Booker's going to take some of those minutes. Um, even Rashawn Holmes. You see, that's something else. Rashawn Holmes, I think, has really done a hell of a job for the Sixers as well. He's really, I think, He could have just been a G League player who never panned out to be anything. But his size, his shooting, his physicality, he's found a way to fit in and get minutes on this team. It's just that those minutes are kind of the Amir Johnson, Trevor Booker minutes. And in a way, it's sort of like, do you want to have Amir Johnson, who's really only on a one-year deal, take these minutes from a guy like Rashawn Holmes, who I think you want to groom and keep around for another year or two? Uh, you know, do you want to sort of send those minutes over to Amir Johnson, who's a bit of a win now guy? I, I mean, that's the question you have to ask yourself. So, I mean, I'm curious to see how it shakes out. I like Holmes. I think Amir Johnson's been fine, but I mean, he might be a guy you could probably move on from after this season. Um, now, the last guy I'm going to mention before I get to Fultz is uh TLC Timothy Lo. Le- Timote loabu caboro um I like him I liked his uh his speed his shooting um his rebounding but I think you are finding that he's kind of he's a little bit on the outside looking in there's not enough minutes to go around for him guys like JJ reddick are sort of taking his minutes um even even guys like Jared Bayless in a way are taking his minutes that sort of shooting guard swing man you know like small forward minutes that are going you know to guys like Uh, uh, Jared Bayless, you know, Lawawu Cabrerault is is athletic. He's got length. He can rebound. He can shoot. But, you know, he might be the same thing as Nick Stauskas, where there's just not enough minutes to go around. I think there's a place for him in this league. But they've had a lot of guys on this team. And the truth is, you can't fit everybody on the team. And you know what? Sooner or later, someone's probably going to be on another roster. And I mean, I like Lawawu Cabarro because I think, you know, he's he's another guy who's sort of been hanging around. He's a nice, you know, uh, European draft pick who they brought over. But, I mean, I, I'd, I'm very curious to see how things shake out after this season. Um, and lastly, Markel Fultz. So, oh boy. Markel Fultz played four games this season. Sixers traded up for this number one pick. Let's, let's be real here. We're all forgetting about the fact that he is the number one overall pick in the draft right now. And we're now talking about the fact he might not know how to shoot a basketball. This looks like a disaster, I would say, waiting to happen, but it might have already happened. You know, he's coming back to practice. They don't really know what the hell is wrong with his shoulder. He's now shooting terribly. It really begs the question, what the hell did the Sixers see in him during the draft day workout? And in a way, I'm sorry, but I got to look at the Celtics with Danny Ainge, man. They worked him out. They were ready to pick him. And the Sixers walked up, and he did a deal in a heartbeat. So maybe... He kind of knew something was wrong with Fultz because right now it looks like Fultz is a broken player. And right now we're all sitting here questioning what the hell made him the number one overall pick. Now, he's a hell of a ball handler. He's got a lot he can shoot off the dribble. Like this is a guy who's got moves. But you gotta sit back and say, is there something seriously wrong with this shot? And is there something seriously dysfunctional about this guy? I mean, the way it's looking, shut him down for the whole year. I, I listen, this is the Sixers. Okay, the last five or six top three draft picks they've had, they've shut down for the whole year. I think the only guy who didn't get away with getting shut down for a year was Jaleel Okafor. So shut the guy down for a year. You shut everybody else down for a year. If anything, you are shielding his psyche. Because the more you put him out there, the more you expose to everybody else that there is something seriously wrong with his shot and his game right now, the the media is going to chew him up and spit him out. Give him time let him get healthy, let him work on his shot, let him work on the trainers, and let him come out fresh next season and figure out where he fits on this team. Just let it happen. Let it happen, all right? Because if he is a bust, bringing him out, trotting him out at the end of the season, realizing he's missed all season to fit in with this team, and a team that's essentially at a point where they might be trying to push for the playoffs or the eighth spot, you can't waste minutes on a guy like Markel Fultz who needs to figure out how to fit in. Okay, shut him down, let him sit for the rest of the year, bring him back next year, rotate him in, and then hopefully, listen, even if he's not a number one overall pick and he doesn't end up being a, you know, a perennial all star, maybe he ends up being a hell of a great lottery pick. Maybe he ends up being a guy who still has a way to find, you know, a spot on that team. Don't pressure him into doing it right now. It's just not worth it. It's not. I'm just saying it's not worth it. Let the guy get better, okay? This is what the Sixers have been doing for years. Why change your tune? The last thing I'll talk about before I get out of here is Brett Brown. When I went home for Christmas time to see my brother Dan Rosenberg, who's a season ticket holder with the Philadelphia 76ers, he looked at me and he said, why aren't we firing Brett Brown? He said, what is good about this coach? I know he's been around through all the shitty years. We had terrible teams, you know, and there was an expectation that they were going to lose because we were giving him terrible squads. Well, according to my brother, he's a season ticket holder. He's like, listen, now they got a team. Okay. They got him beat. They got Simmons. They got JJ Redick. They got Trevor Booker. They've got win now players. Okay. This is a team that is now expecting to win games and not expecting to lose every single fucking night. So he's saying, all right, why aren't they winning more? And I and 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 is Brett Brown the coach? Because if he's not the coach, get him out of here. Get a guy in here who is going to win. Get a guy like you know Mike D'Antoni or you know or Steve Kerr or somebody like that. You know one of these you know serious names who's going to come in and automatically show wins immediately. And I've been thinking about this because there have been some great coaching moves that I've seen Brett Brown make. You know I have seen him draw up plays out of the timeouts that are well done. I have seen him make substitutions. I have seen him make smart coaching decisions that have affected change and positive winning and, and positive plays for the Sixers. Now, now this is something where I do want to criticize Brett Brown. This Sixers team defensively has never been great. Okay, All throughout these losing seasons, they have been a turnover machine. And defensively, they haven't been strong. So I think I want to go ahead. And now what I want to say is that that has shown up this year. Okay, the Sixers have the most third quarter losing of a lead of any team this season. I think they have six or seven games this season where they've been leading in the third quarter, sometimes by 10 or 20 points, and they have blown a lead to lose the game. Okay, so you're looking at a team that still struggles defensively, and we saw this at the beginning of the season. There was some—they were amazing offensive games where they would score 120 points and they'd lose 130 to 120 because they're turning the ball over and they're terrible defensively. Now, I think defensively they've improved. I think that they're, t- but they still turn the ball over like it's going out of style. I saw it just last night against this Celtics team. There was a few errant passes by Joel Embiid. There were several errant passes by Ben Simmons. Again, growing pains, young players trying to figure this out. But they've got to cut down these fucking turnovers, man. This is something that has not changed from the bad Sixers to the somewhat good Sixers. These turnovers are still all over the place. That's something that you can look at coaching for, okay? If he hasn't coached it out by now, it might not be something he's good at coaching at. So somebody, whether it's, not, whether it's Brett Brown or not, one of those assistant coaches has got to focus on the turnovers, the defense. I think the defense has improved over the course of the season, okay? I'm, I'm going to come out and say it. I think it has improved. It's still not good. Okay. And I think we can safely say, I don't know if Brett Brown is a defensive minded coach. I don't think this is something that he excels at. And I think that we can see from the proof on the court. Okay. When the Sixers have that many blown leads in the second half and that becomes a bit of a commonplace thing, you can't deny it anymore. You know, I think you need to give Brett Brown credit for his ability to get this team out to hot starts, to get this team to come out and actually get a big lead because. They get big leads. It's, you know, they'll be able to build a 15, 20 point lead on a really good team. But they also know, or well, no, they also have the ability to fall apart and, and fold like a cheap suit in the second half. That is coaching. That is something you have to look at with Brett Brown. Considering Brett Brown was here through the dog shit years, I'm going to go ahead and say I think you give him one more season. If they get to the playoffs this year, I think how he coaches in a playoff series will be a very good litmus test for Brett Brown. And even if he does a bad job, I think you have to give him just one more year. If next year, this team is noticeably better, this team is way above 500, this team is no longer an 8 seed, but they're a 4 or 5 seed, or excuse me, a a, a 4 seed or a 3 seed, you know what, 4 or 5, I could take that. And... They're able to win a playoff series, you keep Brett Brown. If they are not a 4 or 5 seed next year, and they don't get out of the first round of the playoffs, you fire Brett Brown. That's my take on it. Those are my thoughts, and I'm sticking to it. Whew, okay. That was a lot. I I needed to wrap a little bit about the Sixers. I wanted to get back about some basketball. Um, I'm going to come back next week. I'm going to try to plan to uh, drop a Sixers podcast every Thursday, talk about the games I've watched, talk about the things I've seen. Uh, um... What I'm looking for, what I'm hoping for, and uh, and you know some more thoughts on the rest of the league, but really trying to focus Sam Sports podcast on Eagles and Sixers right now. So Sixers is my focus. and uh, thanks a lot for listening to today's podcast. I'll be back next week to talk more Sixers. You can subscribe to Sam Sports uh, yeah. You can subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram, at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter, at Jones. Email me with any mailbag questions at samsportsstation at gmail.com. And as always, thanks a lot for listening. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, go Sixers! Go Eagles! I'm feeling good about this weekend and uh, feeling good about the teams. It's good to be a Sixers and Eagles fan right now. At least, I think so. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Take it easy. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.